Healthy eating doesn't have to take up a lot of time. Matter of fact, it can be done on the go with the Blend Jet 2 Portable Blender. So now any fast food temptations that strike can be pushed to the side as you blend up a delicious and nutritious protein shake or smoothie. Blend Jet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita at the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. Blend Jet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. It lasts for 15 plus blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, Blend Jet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. With so many different colors and patterns, you will have so many options to choose from. You might want to get more than one. So if you are interested in getting your Blend Jet 2, grab yours today. And make sure that you use the promo code COFFEECONVOSLIZ12 to get 12% off and free two-day shipping. So again, that is Coffee Convos Liz 12 to get 12% off. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the BlendJet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the BlendJet 2 portable blender. Go to BlendJet.com and use the code Coffee Convos. Liz 12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop now and get the best deal ever. Welcome back, Coffee and Combo listeners. I am your host, Liz, and this is my podcast where I talk about wellness, politics, and activism with just fantastic people who are either great conversationalists, they're active in their community, they have something that they want to share, and this episode is like every other. I am excited because I have Leslie Michaels, and I'm sure when we get rolling, you will be just as excited as I am because we are going to be talking about um, womanhood and fem- um, feminism. And so I'm like ready to learn because I feel like this is a topic where, right, like everyone has their idea of what it is, but I'm ready to know what it is for real. And so I am really excited to to welcome Leslie. So thank you for coming. Oh, thank you, Liz, for having me. I'm I'm truly honored to be here. Absolutely. And y'all, Leslie is an author equity warrior, transformational coach, and so much more. So please, please, please tell us about all the many things that you do, Leslie. Well, let me start by explaining that everything I do is toward one common purpose, and that is to open new space for women, particularly from the inside out. Because as we open that space inside, we create the space outside. And so I've spent my entire life working with women um, from every demographic, every socioeconomic status, every culture, every race, every spiritual or religious foundation. I have no judgment or bias about women in general. It is just that we are all powerful. And the more that we respect 
and support one another. The faster we're going to get more room in every room and more chairs at every table. Mm, I love that. Absolutely. The more we respect and support each other, the more, you know, chairs that opens up. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. But before I get too ahead of myself, I like to welcome everybody by asking my coffee and combo question, which is, are you a coffee or tea person? Like, what is your favorite cup to get you going um, to kind of tackle on the world? Rui Boyd's tea. R-O-O-I-B-O-S for people who are saying, what? Um, That's my favorite. Every single morning, every single evening, I could just carry it on my side in a camel back and have a straw and drink it all day. Absolutely. And like for those of you who don't know, it is a nice, robust um, uh, African tea. It is... Um, if I'm not drinking like chai, I do love a rooibos tea. Oh, that's a really good choice. <laughs> it's very earthy yeah. and, um, yet it has an, an inherently sweet undertone to it. Undernote. Yes. I love that. Love that description of it. So, you know, Leslie, now that you know, you're welcome to the combos, right? We have a picture of who you are through, through this cup of tea, um, I would like to actually ask you a question that you like to ask on your podcast. Mm. And would you kind of like to share, you know, what do you ask um, your guests? Um, I believe, I I don't want to get the wording wrong. I believe you ask people, you know, what inspired them today. Is that correct? Yes. I always like to ask my guests what inspired them today. And I very often record quite early and they don't, quite expect that. They're not sure that they've been into an inspiration moment. And the reason I ask that is so that we can remember that there are inspiration moments from the time we get out of bed. What inspired me today, quite literally, and this does not happen every day, of course, but this morning I was really inspired by the fact I got out of bed Mm. and I felt grounded and ready for the day. And the reason I love that is because more often than not, when I get out of bed in the morning, I'm already three steps ahead of myself. (laughs) But this morning I was just very present with just being delighted to be in this day. Oh, I love that. And and I love that, that reminder to find inspiration, even in those early moments. Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes it can get so taken for granted and I think that's so appropriate in thinking about this topic of, right, like a lot of times being a woman trying to to create things, you just sometimes push past everything. You forget everything. these small mm-hmm. moments, but like holding on to those things. I love that. Isn't that true? We are the masters of pushing past and pushing through. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not a terrible trait to have. It is not how we should live. It is something we should be able to have in our tool belt and pull out on far more rare occasions than what life and society requires of women. And I would even add just, uh, and I I will not speak to this because it's not my lane, but it is my observation that that's even more true for women of color. 
Mm, absolutely. Thank you for acknowledging that. Absolutely. Um, but again, again, I'm getting so like excited. I'm getting ahead of myself. So <laughs> the conversation of what is feminism? I know that's not like everything that you talk about in your entirety, but you, you mentioned it. And I mm-hmm. wanted to pick your brain a little bit about like, what is feminism for those that are listening and for any, you know, men that are like, oh, oh let me turn off because feminism mm-hmm. doesn't include mm-hmm. men, you know, so kind of educate right. us. Okay, Liz, thank you for asking me this question. I actually love to be asked this question um, because I've been involved in, well, I was, my life has been lived in a circle of women from my suffragette grandmother to being on the streets of New York in 70, 71 and 72 when we were marching for the ERA and forward. What I am noticing now with this third wave of feminism, if that's what they're calling it at any rate, is more and more people outwardly voicing that they are not feminists. And what occurs when I ask them, what do you think a feminist is? Mm-hmm. Because that's always my first response. I want to understand what they are telling me that they are not. Right. And <clears throat> what I hear is a series of media blitz programming statements that feminists are anti-men could not be further from the truth i have two very very dear male friends who are proud feminists and i've known many men over over my lifetime um the other thing is that we want to usurp men take all men out of power and replace them with women. No, that is not accurate. What we want is gender equity. Mm. We are, as women, 50.53% of the population. So we are the majority, but we are only the majority by 0.53%. When we come to a place of equity, based on that very narrow difference in census numbers, we're going to come to a place where we are closer to representing and being able to voice for everyone. Now, there are always going to be the the ancillary differences, the religious differences, the spiritual differences, etc. But it's not about taking all men out of power and putting only women in power. It's about making sure that we the majority of the population are fairly represented. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. If you look to the dictionary, sometimes the dictionary won't tell us much, but in this case, it's fairly spot on. It says that a feminist is one who believes in equal treatment of all people. And feminism is the act of promoting feminist principles. It is that clear, it is that simple, and it is that powerful. Absolutely. I I, I love that. And I love like so many tidbits, right? Like how you talked about, it's not about taking men out of of power. Because I think there is such a, a perception of, 
if a woman is strong or if she wants equal rights, she wants to strip men of all power. And that's, that's yes. not what it is. It's like you talked no. about that, that equity and that, you know, let us all have an equal chance at the same opportunities and let us all be able to reach success, right? Without those, those stumbling blocks. Um, yes. If I may, I, I, I have my, my opinion of where a lot of those came from. Um, Please. It is not the only opinion, and it is certainly not the only, the ultimate right opinion. But one of the things I have observed on, during my many trips around the sun is that because of the way men and women are built differently, one example is that we have a significantly higher equity quotient. This is measured by science. And so consequently, due to that equity, higher equity quotient, we lead differently. We are much more inclined to create a team energy than an authoritarian energy, just as one mm -hmm. example. Because men do not have that equity quotient, they don't understand it, mm. which makes sense. There are more and more men who are saying, what does that mean? And wanting to understand, but the tradition and the patriarchal standard has been, I don't understand it, so it must be bad. Right. And so that's where a lot of it comes from. Mm. It's, it's just that they are intimidated by what they don't know, and they're afraid to acknowledge that they don't know it. When <clears throat> questions are power. Absolutely. Um, it, you know, it, it just, it makes me think, right? Like when anything comes from that fear space, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm afraid of this, so it must be bad. There is never growth. And so like, I appreciate no. that reminder, right? Like when you don't know something, right? Kind of leaning mm -hmm. into that, being curious mm -hmm. versus mm -hmm. pulling away. Exactly. When we don't know something that is relevant. There are many things we don't know, never will want to take the time to know. But when we don't know something relevant, we only have two choices. Step away, shy away, move into a fear space, an alienation space, or lean in and learn. Hmm, I love that lean in and learn. Um, Another thing you, you talked about is is this concept of, of equity, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, you call yourself an equity warrior. Please tell us how did that come about? You know, why, why do you, you know, treasure that so boldly? <clears throat> because it speaks to so many of the principles I believe in. It speaks to equity in terms of empowering our sisters of color. It speaks to equity in terms of empowering us as women to be treated equitably in the workplace, in the home place, mm -hmm. in the political sphere, everywhere. Equity is a balance point for everything that is in terms of human relationships. And so by Focusing that as my primary objective all the time, a lot of little pieces come in that are connected. 
but it helps me maintain my own magnetic north as to what my own path and what my own objective is. And that is to contribute in this world, my voice, my energy, whatever it is I might have to creating more space where people are drawing together instead of pushing apart. Absolutely. Um, I love how you talked about equity in all these different spaces. You said like home, politics, the workspace. And I found that interesting because sometimes I think we think of equity as like this outside thing, but Mm -hmm. right, like also thinking about how are you creating equity in in the places most closest to you, right? When the doors are shut, how are you creating that equity? And so again, I like that language. Mm -hmm. Thank you. It has made me wild for decades when, not in a good way, Um, (laughs) when I hear some male human being say, well, I help her with the housework or I helped her with the kids or excuse me, is this not your house as well? Did you not also throw (laughs) dirty socks on the floor? Are those not your children? What do you mean you helped her? And this type of language keeps us separate and maintains women in a lower standard. And I've heard men who I knew were more aware than that say something like that. And when I point that out to them, they're always the first to say, that is so true. Thank you. I didn't think about it. It's simply what I've always said. It's what my father said, my grandfather said. So changing it from the inside out, from the home out into the world. Mm, I love that. How much change could we we really see, right? If we started on that inside out, right? Sometimes it's like yes. we want to outside, but really starting on that inside and then working your way out. I love that. Yes. Um, one thing that um, I also wanted to explore was um, your book, which is, is, is your book. It's titled On the Shoulders of Mighty Women. Is that correct? It is correct. Please tell us about, you know, your book and how did this get started? You, this, this, you know, this author journey. Well, it's been in me for a long time and I've been, I always say I've been threatening to write it for a long time. (laughs) And then COVID came and I had two choices to either sit around and eat bonbons for two years to the point that they would have to carve an opening in my doorway for me to exit the house at the end of the two years or find something productive to do. So I wrote the book and launched my podcast, et cetera. Um, On the Shoulders of Mighty Women is my journey in terms of living a life in a circle of women and growing up through all of these different periods from New York on and even before that. And a lot of the trauma and a lot of how hard it was, but taking that and applying it in a broader context to the fact that I do not for one minute assume I am the only one. I know women around the world who can relate to these stories. And so by me telling them first, it just cleared that out of my closet, 
But most of all, I wanted to tell them to give other women permission to say, oh, okay. I wasn't the only one or whatever it is that they come to say about it. And then I wove that also through my journey of being one of the first female executives in oil and gas, the great old bastion of the old boys network, and then leaving that and going to on going into entrepreneurialism, which gave me the opening to start to do what my heart always was led to do, which is work to and more importantly for women. Mm, I, I so love that. I love that there are a lot of actionable points for mm expanding actionable points for developing a greater relationship internally so that that expands your external world. There's a lot in there, Liz. <laughs> it sounds like it. It sounds like that. You know, who would you say like this, this book is for, right? Is this for the woman who feels like her voice is too small? Is it for the woman who feels like, you know, she's an entrepreneur and she's got it all together? Like who, you know, does this book speak for? Yes. All those. Um, for the women of the younger demographics, it serves several purposes. And, and I'm understanding that it is achieving those purposes as I speak with with women who have read the book. And okay. that is number one, it helps them to understand that while the, our country is not an idyllic place and all the pieces are not in place, um, we haven't really been sitting on, not all of us have been sitting on our laurels. We have been making progress and it's not even so much about us who were out there, it's about the fundamental progresses that were made so that the younger millennials, the Gen Z's can look at that and say, okay, this is not about them patting themselves on the back. This is like, okay, this worked. They tried this, this worked. They tried this, this worked. This did not work. Let's not repeat this. <laughs> and, and so in that way to provide a bit of a roadmap. For the women who are in the corporate world, to give them actionable practices, to expand their experience and to expand their potential power base while not having to sacrifice who they are to accomplish that, mm. which is where we started, unless you could imitate the man's actions 20 years ago, you weren't going to get the position. And then for the women who have moved on into entrepreneurship, addressing that as, as a perspective of truly going so deeply inside, you must, if you are going to design your own life, which is what entrepreneurship is, no one's out there giving you a time clock or a game plan. You must do it all the time. Yes. So giving, it gives those women some tips on how to launch into that more potently, 
It also offers a lot of action points for how to align with themselves so they can easily locate that strength that is within, I absolutely believe, every single woman alive. I love that. It seems like you really took that equity lens and you really let it shine through your book and addressing um, the different generations and the type of people that this is for. Um, for instance, I love how you talk about that, that blueprint, that map for the younger generation to say like, not just like, Ooh, these are all the shiny things that went well, but like, Hey, like this didn't go so well. Like you might either want to fine tune it or stay away from that because yes. I think sometimes there's a lack of passing on information, especially yes. with women. And so I love to hear that. Yes. We've lost the power of, um, sitting in circle around the fire or sitting in circle around ceremony, sitting around right. in circle around the storytellers, the grandmothers. Um, mm -hmm. And so we have to find other ways to share those stories and, and those impactful informations. And to that, um, I include in one of the chapters, an introduction to four of the mighty women who tremendously impacted my life. These women were decades older than me. And um, I just gave a little snapshot into how I am who I am because of the relationship with them, followed up by an invitation to all women to remember to be that mighty woman for someone else and Embrace that mighty woman who is present for you so that it becomes a continuous chain of holding hands through all the generations. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And again, I want to echo story. Storytelling is so important. So important. That's how, you know, for generations, you know, people had learned and passed down different secrets and information. And so there's such a, mm -hmm. a power in storytelling. Um, mm -hmm. But also, I love how you talked about um from the entrepreneurial and the, the business standpoint, um, you mentioned, right, you don't have to imitate the man because I think sometimes, you know, even now sometimes there's like how to write an email like a man or how to do this like a man. But <laughs> you know, oh, Don't so... get me started, Liz. Don't get me started. You, we'll be here next week, I promise you. <laughs> Please give us a little bit. So what are your thoughts on, you know, be a boss like a man, you know, kind of... Should, is that the way that we should should enter these spaces? Help us out here. I like to say no is a complete sentence. <laughs> Love it. We are. Let's let's just look at at women in general. Of the two sexes, we're the only ones able to give birth. <laughs> 70, according to Pew Research, the most recent Pew Research, 77% of instances, the female is the primary parent in terms of influence. During 2019, now let's bear in mind, this was a year when we were in an international pandemic. If women had been paid for their unpaid labor, it would have been $14.1 trillion. Wow. Women are powerful. They are resilient. 
They are incredibly capable. They have gifts that men don't have, just as men have gifts that women don't have. Don't try to adopt theirs. There's no difference between that and them shunning us for not understanding ours. Mm. Embrace your gifts. Enhance them. Become comfortable in them. Become comfortable in claiming them and displaying them. Mm. Be comfortable in displaying and claiming them. Absolutely. Because um, women so often, right, Yeah, there's this like, oh, I don't know how to talk about myself or I don't want to, you know, highlight the things that are good about me, but absolutely letting those gifts shine. Let those gifts shine. I love that you said women don't like to talk about their gifts. And as you can tell, I'm a bit of a data freak. I like to know what's going on by the numbers. Please share it. According to a research study, I believe it was Harvard and Johns Hopkins who collaborated on this one. If there is a promotion or a situation where someone's going to be selected to lead a team on a major project for the company. Typically, if a man has close to, close to. 60% of the skill necessary skill set, they will lobby for that opportunity or that position. They don't go in and say that they are qualified. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> they go in and advocate for the fact that they are the only person who is the most qualified. Women, on the other hand, to our detriment, and we have to stop playing this game. Right, right. Will not even consider applying, throwing their hat in the ring until they have about 80% of the skill set. Wow. Well, now this is why men are one of the reasons. I'm not saying the patriarchy doesn't exist. It does. Let's not enable it. That's what I'm saying. Um if a man's going to go after that position when he has 60% of the skill set and learn the next probably 20% on the job training and then be ready to go for the next one. Mm -hmm. And women are sitting around waiting until they have 80% of the skill set. We are holding ourselves back. Yeah. We have to be more forward and comfortable with how competent we are. And that's one of the things I love helping women develop. I love that. Absolutely. Right. Like don't, don't cut yourself off before you even put your hat in the ring and absolutely, you know, and thinking about how many female CEOs would we have or in leadership if we were like, you know what, I'm 80% qualified. Right. And that, okay. you know, you know, just kind of knowing that you have what it takes so like giving yourself that chance, not letting, not snuffing yourself out before someone else gets the chance to. That's right. I have a little tip that I give please. the women I mentor and work with, if you'd like me to share, I'll be yes, glad to share please. it with your audience. This is a free tip and it's a wonderful tip. When something comes up, when you hear about it through the grapevine or the, e the company email, whatever it is, there's a position or they're forming a team to accomplish this, that, or the other. 
don't sit there at your desk and decide that you're not going to do it. <laughs> Instead, make a clear, informed, rational decision. Ask for what is going to be required of the person who takes this position. Get the list or the fundamental understanding of the skill sets required. Hmm. Make yourself a spreadsheet. Then identify everything you're already doing and list two to four examples. If you are filling in 60 or more percent of the skill sets required for this position, you take that spreadsheet in there and you use that to advocate for yourself. Oh, well, I've successfully here. And right. then there was this project and I successfully, and this is the way I was successful. Advocate for yourself. You may not be successful the first time because it is your first time. You're getting your feet wet. You're learning the right. language. You're learning the dance steps. Mm -hmm. Do it again. Do it again and again and again. And use the information provided to support your self-advocacy. Love that. I love that because it, it's very tangible. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes, right, you know, you know, even if you don't believe it, sometimes that little voice of like, well, women are emotional, right? And like that can be that that voice of doubt. But this is a nice way to say like, you know what? I'm being very analytical. I'm being very direct. And I'm presenting the facts that I know to be true and that the company knows to be true. And that can really be a great confidence boost. I love that tip. And not only, you know what the best part of it is, Liz? What? What I see happen with women as they start practicing this, oh my gosh, they are so scared. And that's okay. I'm I'm here and we'll set up a situation where they know their, their meeting is at three o'clock and they call me at 2.50 for a good cheerleading call before they go into that meeting. I'm right there with the women I work with. But what I see happening, this is the best thing. It's not about the job or the promotion, although that's wonderful. I see them growing inside of themselves. It's like they're right. filling out their skin more fully. Mm -hmm. That's the most thrilling part for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, please share a little bit about, you know, being a coach and like, if there's someone listening and they're like, I, I need someone to hold my hand, you know, how do they get in contact with you? What is it like to, to be coached by you? Well, I, I need to update that information. It caused me, caused me a transformational coach. I'm actually, now I'm, I've moved and shifted. Um, and over the last few years, what I am is a women's leadership trainer and particularly mm. with executive women. Um, we need support all the way to the top. Right. The easiest way to get a hold of me is through my website, lesliemichaels.com. Now I'm going to tell everybody because I have a British mom, it's L E S L E Y. Let me make it easy for you to find me, lesliemichaels.com. And I'll also tell you, Liz, that in January, I'm launching an entirely new 
platform, an entirely new format for my women's leadership training. And I'll be putting that out on LinkedIn. It'll be on my website after the first, everything's being prepared now. It's all launching onto the, all of these vehicles on the first and second. And my goal, my intention is during the year of 2023 to help at least 300 women increase their financial salary base by a minimum of 20% from the beginning to the end of 2023. Come on, Leslie. <laughs> I believe we can. I believe we can. Absolutely. Because why not? Right? Like, why not? Exactly, like Liz. That's <laughs> the question that too many women don't ask. They say, I can't. And then women like yourself, women like me say, why not? And then they realize they don't have an answer. Mm. And that's a beautiful beginning place. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Leslie, thank you so much for, for all this information and, and for um, one, reminding us that feminism is not just about m women. It's about men also fighting for the equity of, of women and, in, in, you know, the ability to, to, to obtain in the same ways that everyone else can. Um, for, for telling us about your book and the power of storytelling and, you know, um, and as well as sharing about, you know, your, your coaching practices in your women, your women's um, Institute that will be launching. And so if you listeners don't fret, if you missed it, it will be in the episode notes. So don't worry. It'll be there. You don't have to go back and, you know, what did she say? It will be in the episode notes, but you know, again, thank you so much for, you know, just reminding of, us of all these things and the work that you're doing. Thank you so much, so much, Liz. And thank you for what you're doing here. Thank you for coming out and being your bold and wonderful and beautiful self and sharing your ideas and for giving women like myself an opportunity to come and have a conversation with you and, and, and join in collaboration with you to support other women out there. Thank Absolutely. you for that. No, thank you. Thank you. Um, and please, any last words that you'd like to leave the audience with before I ask you my last question? I would like to invite every, every woman, and you've probably heard me say this, but I always like to invite every, every woman to consider and to remember that you honestly and truly are stronger and wiser than you have yet given yourself credit for. Mm. I love that reminder. Because <laughs> sometimes I forget too. You know what? You know. So I, you know, appreciate that outside. Well, here's reminder. the secret, my girlfriend. I do too. A lot of times, <laughs> I'm saying that to remind me. <laughs> lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, Leslie. Okay, my last question for you is, what's in your cup? <laughs> <laughs> 
And so what that means, and for listeners, I'm asking this of you too, it is what are like two or three things that you need to add to your day to help you get through it, to have a better day or a better week? Like, what is it that you need in this moment to fill your emotional cup, right? Because it's it's hard to be an advocate. It's hard to make change. So you got to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. And so, you know, Leslie, while you think of your answer, I'll give you mine. So the three things that I need to fill my emotional cup with today, um, just being inspired by this conversation, sisterhood, you know, I am so fortunate to have a network of of women that are supported and I think I'm going to snuggle up with their warm, empowering energy. Um, it is rainy and dreary here. So I'm going to like get something nice and warm on and kind of just be that, you know, that warmth that snuggles. And, um, I need to be about my Christmas cards. I need (laughs) to add that to my emotional cup. It feels really good to send them out, but it'd feel really good to get that out of my to-do list. So I'm just adding the, the warmth of sisterhood, the, physical warmth and just the the productivity of Christmas cards to to my emotional cup. Leslie, what's going to help you have a great day? Giving myself a little Christmas moment, a little Christmas gift, because we can do that for ourselves too. We forget to do that for ourselves. Absolutely. There's this one fitness kind of dance routine that I've been wanting to take the time to really learn so that I can master it over a few months. And I've been talking to myself about this for at least two months. And I woke up this morning and I knew I'm, I'm not going to master it today, but I'm going to start. Mm. So I'm going to start that for me. That's that new movement, that new energy and music moving through my body. And I have a monthly dinner date with a dear friend and I got up this morning and I thought, "Mm, you know, it's cold. It's been snowing. There's ice. I don't feel like it. And I'm going to that because it's important for me to go to join with this friend and to be nurtured and to experience truly enjoying this friend's company, but also having my company and my wisdom enjoyed. So there is that. And then to be able to stay up extra late tonight, get in my (laughs) fluffy bed with my comforter and pull it all up with my, I have like six pillows in my bed and lay in there and read until I can't keep my eyes open any any longer because I don't have an alarm in the morning. So those are my three things. I feel just overjoyed hearing it. So I hope that it fills your cup, Leslie. Listeners, again, remember to ask yourself, what is it that you need today? And make that joy, your personal joy, your priority. Leslie, again, don't be a stranger and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much, Liz. This has been an absolute delight.